Hey friends, Andy Jenkins here with the Tribe Talk Podcast. I am in the offices of Transformation Ministries, but I am not in Rock Hobbs' office where we usually do this. I've come across the building. Some of you have been here, so you kind of know how the hall just kind of winds around. And when you get back to the place where it winds around, that's where all the fun people are. So I'm here with... This is this is my favorite person yeah, right. on the entire staff. Her name I, I thought you were legit making this name up. What's that? Grace, like Patty Grace. I know, everybody calls me Patty Grace thinking it's like a middle name and I'm like, it's really my last name. It's like a radio name or something, <laughs> or like right. a show name or but that's your real name. It is. Okay. It is. So Patty is here. Patty oversees really so around here it's like a alphabet soup. So people come up with all these acronyms, like Chef Boyardee founded the place. So you've got RTF. RTF is, you tell us what RTF is, Patty. It's an international ministry, uh, and RTF stands for for Restoring the Foundations. We're in, I think, 30-something countries internationally, uh, but its headquarters is in Nashville, Tennessee. Right up the road. Right, which we're going to a conference up there just on Wednesday and Thursday. Well, by the time we air this, y'all been to the conference, you've been back, you already got all the notes, I you've already upgraded, notes. changed everything, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I'm, I'm good to go with bringing back the news, so yeah. So, um, it's an inner healing and prayer ministry. So, RTF, Alphabet Soup, Restoring the Foundations, let's back way back up, because I, I, you know, I imagine with, we kind of... IFM is another thing we throw out here. Issue-focused ministry. Right. Um, TFM, thorough format ministry. Good job. I, I, say, I, I say CTFM. I know I that know. doesn't exist. Right. Co- I, but I couples, think we should. I couples think we thorough to... format. Right. Did you say we think we should? Yeah, I think couple CTFM is a is a good thing. I'm gonna bring that up when I go to the conference. I soon. Need... say our our web designer and and tribe talk. Guru has created that. I'm going to need a, uh, what's it called? You get honorarium or a royalty. Kind of That's something. what yeah, you yeah. get an honorarium if you show up to speak. You get a royalty if you say yeah, it and they keep think, using it. I think so. I think you should. They pay me in uh, candy or something or coffee. Okay. How about prayer? That too. I still want the candy. Hey, listen. So I imagine with the heart for something like restoring the foundations and issue-focused ministry. We're going to get into what all of that is and why somebody would want to stumble into that and then take advantage of the tremendous opportunity that it is. Hmm. Let's talk about how you got here because I imagine all of that is somehow connected. Like you don't just Very much so. you don't just start doing the ministry. Right. There there's generally a reason that your eyes are open to that. Your right. heart is right. now turned towards it. Absolutely. So just take us back as far as you want to go. How did you end up at Transformation? Okay. So I'm going to go back quite a little bit. You go back as far as you so, want. So like as a probably a late teenager, I was real involved in the Episcopal Church, a large Episcopal Church. I even served under the bishop, uh, Bishop Stow, for the state of Alabama for the diocese. Uh, for Christian education, and I felt called to the ministry as a young teen, and but back then they weren't ordaining women and that kind of thing. So the only thing I could kind of picture myself as was a director of Christian education. So that's what I was involved in 
even on the state level and local level and that kind of thing. Loved church, loved everything about it and all that. Well, um, I had some pretty major things happen in my life uh, when I went to do major um, uh, mission work in Puerto Rico. I won't get into that story at the moment, but it really changed my life. How old were you? 19. 19. I just turned 19. And so with that, I kind of did kind of a little back step in my walk with the Lord and went through lots of different things. And um, to fast forward, because I think it's important to do that at this point, um, I even was dealing with some severe depression when I came to see Rock Hobbs, who's the founder and director of our ministry. You just took us from age 19 to through like decades. Right. Okay. So, well, there's there's a few more things in there. I went to seminary. um, What kind? It was... Episcopalian? uh, No, it was actually Birmingham Theological Seminary. Oh, Presbyterian. Right, which I was involved in Briarwood at the time. And I've had lots of different church backgrounds from Church of God to Episcopalian to Presbyterian. And I kind of feel like I've kind of gotten the best of a lot of churches and denominations, Church of the Highlands, various ones. And um, I'm kind of back back at Metropolitan Church of God for the moment. So okay, so tell me like before we go into your story, yeah, tell me like one good thing you pulled from each of those backgrounds. Like so, the Episcopalian. What's something you pulled from them? Oh, I love I love communion. Okay. I love the Eucharist and communion. I love. I used to get up and pick up a lot of my high school friends when I was in high school every Wednesday morning, and we'd go have communion. At seven o'clock in the morning, followed by breakfast, and um, and then go to school, and then go to school. Okay, every so Wednesday tell me morning. something cool that you picked up from because you mentioned a Presbyterian church, Briarwood. Right. So what did right. you pick up great from Briarwood? Well, that's where I really got into lay counseling. I became a lay counselor there, and then followed that with going to seminary there and got certified in biblical counseling. Was on a track to get my master's, and then something happened in my family that required me to really spend time with my yeah. family. Took me away from that. But there, you know, it was, it was um, I'd been at a Church of God church where it was very spirit-driven and that kind of thing, the gifts of the spirit. That, that was before Briarwood. That was before Briarwood. Oh, okay, so. Then I left Briar, uh, Church of God to go to Briarwood, to seminary, and that was very word-based, you know, okay. very, um which the, they both were, but uh, it's just it's it's a different it's a different approach to well, the word. Well, everybody has their different strengths, and so sometimes we feel like you, if you applaud one, that means you you have to look down on the other, and really you don't. Like you can take Absolutely. the best of all of these. Correct. Absolutely. Like First Corinthians three, you know, Paul's writing, and he says, "Wait, you don't have to follow." Uh, you know, Paul or Apollos or Peter or you know, all these things are yours. You can take right. the best from all of Absolutely. these leaders. Absolutely. All things are yours. All things are Christ. So um, give me something great about Highlands that you pulled from there. Oh, gosh. Um, I don't know. It, this wasn't planned. I just put you right, on the spur of the so, moment with all these. Uh, I would say, you know, the small group focus, uh, worship, um, amazing worship. Uh, and, you know, they're really, I believe, very focused on um, getting people saved, you know, getting the body of Christ, you know, knowing who Jesus is and um, and then plugging you into small groups and that kind of thing for fellowship and that kind of thing. And, so, and then you mentioned right now you're at 
Metro Church of I'm God, which is right on 459. Right. Tell me the best thing in your mind. It's a great church. It is a great church. Um, what's the best thing in your mind? That just first thing that comes to mind when you think of what's something that you love about that place? Well, they're very focused on the Holy Spirit and His presence in your life. And, you know, He's who's with me every day, every moment of every day. And so um, I like having that focus back in my life really strong so because uh, he walks with me daily and that's who I you know he's my comforter yeah and my encourager you know on a daily basis and and they operate in the gifts you know spiritual gifts and um and it's just a real sweet presence of the Holy Spirit you know there so you have a lot of church background and I, I know you were telling me about walking in here to transformation and meeting rock um, what about a decade well, ago, something like right. that? So it was 2014 that I came, and I, I alluded to the fact that I was really in a state of depression at that time. Yeah. There were some things going on in my family that I thought in my own strength I could fix, and I worked real hard to fix them, and it didn't work, surprisingly, not at all. Um, but I wore myself out with some of that, and I had begun to drink alcohol and drink it too much and I had learned uh, that Rock had helped people with that problem and so he was kind of known as the addiction guru so I came to see him in 2014 and I was his last appointment of the day it was just a one-man show then he didn't have an office manager or anything it was just him and uh, we met for probably close to two hours it was the last appointment and we walked through a lot of stuff and talked about a lot of things. I heard his story, and really, I think what it stirred up in my life was, do it again. You know, God, do it again in my life. What's happened to him with his struggle with addiction and what caused him to turn to that? And um, I really feel like in the spirit, I reached out and touched the hem of the garment, you know, of Jesus, and said, you know, heal me. And... I went home, poured everything out, and I was totally set free that day. So all the alcohol that it was, was in done. the house, you just... It was done. That day got, got it out of the house. And I was really in pretty bad shape. I mean, to be quite honest, I was blacking out or passing out every night. I was still working. But when I went home for the day, I would, you know, drink too much. And so I really knew for sure that the Lord had set me to free. To the point of blackout. Every right. Night. I mean, here's what I used to do. This is what's so kind of ridiculous when you're drinking too much is I would not remember things the next day, you know, because I was in a blackout. I'd function, but I'd right. be in a blackout. So I started making notes of my phone conversations if I talked to people at night because I'd forget the next day. And people would say, Patty, you don't remember we talked about that last night? And I wouldn't remember. So I was very clever, and I started making notes, which, you know, when you're in a blackout, your notes aren't terribly accurate either. So, so much for that. Now, I appreciate you saying that because, you know, some people would think, well, it must have not been that big of a deal. Like, if you could just kick it. Exactly. You know, but when you think, no, 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 I was, I was functionally working and going about my business every day, but then at night I was blacking out. Right. And then simultaneously, like the other thing that, you know, kind of strikes me about your story is you had all this church background. And so conceivably, if you could have kicked this in your own strength, 
like you you should have been able to kick it. Like if, if anybody could have kicked it in their own ability because of all these factors. But sometimes there's just things like we can't do in our own ability. And it does it's not because we're, you know, bad people. It's it's because you, you need the strength well, of it, your... We need the body of Christ to yeah. come out of our out of our addictions, out of our sins, out of our brokenness. It's real hard to do uh, life alone. I right. think we were designed to be in the body. And, you know, when one finger hurts, the rest of the body hurts. So really coming into relationship with anybody, at least one person, to confess your sins so you can be healed is just part of the beauty of the body of Christ. So that's what I chose to do, which is a very humbling thing always to reach out when you're hurting you know, and say, I need help, but we need to do that in order to get healed. Well, you're always afraid, I imagine, when you open up about something like, like, because that's not a small thing. I'm blacking out. We open up, you know, what, what is this person I'm speaking to going to think? Right. And then, of course, now we know what Rock would think, but back then you didn't know what Rock would think. Right. <laughs> and, you know, you're, you're giving this to, which is what most people think. What, what is the person I'm confessing to? What are they going to really think about me and my brokenness? And James reminds us that, okay, we all stumble in many ways. And you confess. I love the verse that you've referenced in James 5. Yeah. It says you confess to one another, not not confess to the Lord. There is certainly a place to do that. But in that verse, he's talking about confessing to one another so that you could be right. healed. Absolutely. And, and it's almost like you get it out of the closet. You get it in the open. Right. A lot of the strength of it's gone. Right. Yeah, the secrets. You know, you're only as sick as your secrets is one of the sayings, too. So if you can bring something to the light. And I think what what happens for us Christians in particular is the Holy Spirit's faithful like that. He searches our hearts and he brings to the surface those things that he wants to have healed. And that's kind of a a good way to then get involved with the Restoring the Foundations prayer ministry, which was my next step after coming to see rock. Yeah. So take me to that so that you, you go home, you pour everything out, right. you're free of that addiction. Right. Take us on in the story. Well, and to be fair too, um, there was a small group that was, uh, meeting on Wednesday nights that I went to, uh, which was a, an addiction recovery group. And even though I felt totally free, I still wanted to walk that out. You know, almost any of our healing, we still need to walk out in some capacity. So, I did that for quite a while. I really felt pretty empowered that uh, there were some people in the group who, you know, were still identifying themselves as an alcoholic, even though they had quit drinking. And I, I was encouraging them to not identify themselves, not to label themselves as that. If they'd truly been healed and set free of their addiction, you know, they were free of that. And to identify as healed and set free versus as still an alcoholic. So... I enjoyed being a part of that, but then more and more was growing with TM and Transformation Ministries, and I got more and more involved there, so it truly did become my tribe. It became my family. So you've seen you've seen this grow from kind of the one man Absolutely. up to, you know, now there's a, a much larger staff, a, a campus, and right. multiple campuses for the School of Ministry. Yeah. So at what point did you get involved into the issue focus ministry? Yeah, because Rock yeah. reminds everybody, hey, here there are three main things that happen. Number one is 
individual and family counseling, particularly for people in crisis. Number two is the school of ministry that equips people to go back to their churches and, and in the marketplace and serve and help others. Right. Uh, number three is that issue-focused prayer ministry um, where one of the credentialing sponsors or credentialing agencies, this is the Restoring the Foundations, right. Right. that you're involved with. So what, give us the trajectory from right. I'm involved so, in volunteering and well I'm I'm going to back up still with counseling with Rock because even though uh, I was set free that first appointment we still continue to meet for several more times and I think it was about our third meeting he gave me the big restoring the foundations book um, it's it's 400 and something pages. It's, it's really, a fat book. It's, it's a like an eight and a half by 11 but it's, thick yeah. hardback. It's amazing, though. It's and like so, an Encyclopedia Britannica-sized book it, for to the me, people it's, it's right by my Bible. It's really, it's really an important book. But um, And he suggested I read about sins of the fathers and resulting curses because he'd heard some of my story. Some of your story, yeah. Yeah, and, and realized that there was some generational sin that was pressure you know in my life and that kind of thing so I went home and read it and you know cheated and went through some of the next chapters and I came back with the book and I even marked in the book that he had I think somewhat loaned me you wrote in his book I I wrote in the book it had in the book it had um the next section following uh sins of the fathers and resulting curses was ungodly beliefs and it had Uh, two pages or more, two or three pages, I think it's just two, um, where you could mark some of the lies you were believing about yourself and God and others, you know. And I found myself just check, 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 check. In the book, you're right. You're you're not even just making notes in the book. You're answering personal questions. This is is not, you know, no wonder I'm having such a problem because I'm, I'm living under all these lies that I've come to believe. So... I came back with the book all marked, and I said, I hope you don't mind, but I've kind of marked in your book. And he said, you can absolutely have that book. Yeah. He can, Read oh, well, on. Yeah, now he couldn't use the book. <laughs> you <laughs> right, right, right. It. Okay, so tell me, uh, just for people who are listening that haven't been to the classes, there there are courses where specific classes in the course deal with sins of the Father right. and deal with ungodly beliefs. Right. Real quickly, Right, so that is a quick overview of those two concepts. That is our second semester of our four semester school. So in Liberty, right? Okay. So um, that is where we teach all the parts of restoring the foundations ministry, and it's after that semester, after you've completed that second semester, that you can then be trained to be an RTF minister or restoring the foundations minister, at least on the issue focused ministry level yeah and um but the neat thing about you know learning about those parts is then you are even more hungry probably to have your own personal issue focused ministry because you're seeing how how much that's a part of your life it's like me reading the book they're doing the same thing and going holy moly oh yeah no wonder i deal with yeah struggle yeah so let's talk about the sins of the father very briefly Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. what is the sins of the father it's just generational curses that have been passed down. You know, I mean, it, it goes all the way back to the garden. I mean, Adam and Eve sinned, and it got passed down generationally, and it, you know, gets passed down all through your family line. And typically you will see certain sins, certain particular curses like addictions, like uh, maybe sexual sin or 
um, you know, uh, maybe pride, uh, maybe, um, you, you know, you name it, uh, trauma might be passed down generationally, and you'll, you'll begin to see that those are some sins that have been passed down and cause you to be pressured in that same way, and you end up possibly committing the same sin that your ancestors did. So you're, it's called identificational repentance. It's part of our ministry step where you really identify what's been in your family line and you confess if you've also participated in that particular sin and you ask forgiveness. You renounce it and you ask forgiveness and you receive that forgiveness and you forgive yourself. And um, that's the first part of the four parts of the ministry. It, isn't it odd that a lot of times, you know, another probably somebody listening go, well, I don't think that applies to me. Like the quote, sins of the father is kind of this, it's almost like there's this wind behind you that tends to blow you in a certain direction. Absolutely. Absolutely. And even though we want to kind of kick against it and go, well, I don't have it. We still tend to do exactly what our parents did. Right. I, I just counseled a lady recently who uh, was very aware that she was, you know, responding to her children in a very hurtful way with a lot of anger and yelling and that kind of thing. And she was reminded that that was how she was raised. And that's yeah. the way her, so she was recognizing that that sin of her parents had influenced her and impacted her in such a way that she was repeating the same sin. And this certainly isn't to belittle anybody's parents. Absolutely. I mean, one of the foundational principles here, we've talked about this in another place on the podcast, is honoring your mother and father. It's just the acknowledgement. Nobody's perfect. Exactly. Exactly. Can... Well, we've all sinned. Yeah. You right. know, including the, the person who's identifying. And we don't want to pass that to our kids. No, we want to exactly. go ahead and stop it and create a new right. line. Right. Right. So that's that's kind of the beauty of being, at, being able to uh, have that part of the ministry is you are honoring them. You're not disrespecting them by forgiving them for the way they've sinned. Matter of fact, in my opinion, that's even more honoring to forgive them for any way they've hurt you. So we've got the sins of the father. And you mentioned another uh, topic that you read about in that thick ungodly book, beliefs, ungodly yeah. beliefs. Let's talk about well, that. Well, so, um, you know, you do in the ministry part, you fill out a person, what's called a personal questionnaire. Again, that's some acronyms that you probably love to yeah, PQ, PQ personal questionnaire. And um, it just asks a lot of uh, overview about your life, the issue that you come from ministry for and that kind of thing. But then it has a couple of pages where you mark um, lies that are written out in kind of a sentence form that you've come to believe maybe about yourself or about God or about others. And um, it's amazing. You know, I mean, it can be something as general as, you know, I'm the problem or... um, uh, important people in my life are not going to be there when I need them, or um, I'll always be insecure, or, you know, all kinds of different things that maybe resonate with you as you read through the lies. And um, some people will only mark one or two, and then some people kind of like me were like, check, check, check. She's all of them. <laughs> just all yeah. of them. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it's kind of, I know a lot of people when they come from ministry for an issue-focused ministry, even just filling out the paperwork has been very insightful for them because they really consider their lives and consider their belief system and and a, a lot of things. So that even that process can be a good thing. And that's all just on the PQ. The personal question. I'm, I'm going to put a link to the PQ to where people who there are listening is going, oh, hey, 
let what me, does it look like? Yeah, let me just look at that. That they can at least they can at least go look. Absolutely. And at least Absolutely. kind of see. Absolutely. You know, I've heard people say things like, "Well, theology doesn't matter," and I love Jesus. I hate theology. And I think what I mean, theology is really just the study of or the belief uh, that you have about about God. And so every day we all practically live out and behave and interact with others in some real sense based on what we think Absolutely. God is like. Right. And so that's why I really believe this ungodly beliefs thing is so important because I mean you and I are responding to each other, we're responding to people, we're responding to the waitress, we're Absolutely. the way we're driving, the way we're reading the scripture, the way we're responding to political stuff that i mean it's it's all based out of really right kind of our mindset right well so as a man thinks so is he well, so Paul says you know, our belief transformed by the renewing of our minds yeah correct so in the ministry there is in that ungodly belief part of the ministry there's a a cycle that's talked about the belief expectation cycle the bec cycle belief ex- expectation cycle and that's where if you're dealing with an ungodly belief, you have a hurtful experience. That's the top part of this circular diagram that's yeah. in their uh, paperwork that they uh, receive. And so you have a hurtful experience, and so you begin to create a lie based on that hurtful experience. You know, like like I said, maybe you know important people won't be there for me. And so your expectation is pretty much everybody's going to be like that, right? So you, you've got that lie. You've had a hurtful experience. Maybe your dad didn't come to your first play as a, as a six-year-old, and you begin to believe that, you know, important people weren't going to be there in your life. And so your expectation became similar. And so your behavior might be that you'll withdraw from people, that you'll isolate, that you'll just view yourself as, you know, inadequate in some way. And, and because you're behaving that way, you kind of draw that same kind of experience back into your life because you've kind of ducked your head and, you know, not re- re- related to people in the world in an effective way. And so you kind of have that cycle repeat, and that's just exactly what the enemy wants. If he can continue, as I put it, you know, water that lie that important people aren't yeah. going to be there in my life, he's going to make sure that that cycle kind of continues by highlighting her- other hurtful experiences in your life. Well, it kind of reminds me of Paul saying that you're transformed from one degree of glory to another yeah. in Second Corinthians 3.18. That kind of creates its own flywheel. Yeah. The enemy would want you to transform from <laughs> yeah. one degree of disglory exactly. or unglory to another exactly. degree and just kind of go downhill got it. in a spiral. You got it. So when you pull this together for issue-focused ministry, I imagine that's different than just coming in for prayer. Yes. So... Issue-focused ministry, really, that goes for root issues or, like, doesn't just focus on behavior? What is that? What are we doing with issue-focused well, ministry? Well, in, in the personal questionnaire, typically somebody identifies one issue. So they're going to fill one, this out before they right, even come in. Right. And, and the ministers, there'll be a team of ministers that will receive that personal questionnaire prior to their coming for ministry, and they will pray over it and um, ask the Holy Spirit what, you know, what one thing in addition to what they've specifically said is the Holy Spirit highlighting to them that may need to be dealt with. Could be shame, could be 
addiction, could be anger, could be pride, could be whatever it is. Sometimes people will say, um, you know, they'll they'll put as their issue, um, you know, I'm I'm always angry uh, at my children. But then as they fill out the paperwork, you see so much wounding in their childhood and generationally and that kind of thing that you might end up pulling out uh, something that's a little deeper, a root, like you said, uh, that might uh, support that issue that they've come from ministry for. So we pray through that personal questionnaire. We prepare uh, a ministry plan. And the two ministers typically prepare that ministry plan separately on yeah. their own with the Holy Spirit. And then they come together, the two ministers come together and kind of compare their ministry plans. And much of the time, the Holy Spirit has definitely just spoken to the two ministers individually, very similar, you know, as to what the plan needs to be. And we'll tweak it a little bit and make sure that we're, you know, like minded and the direction we're going to go with that person when they come in for ministry. So then they come in, and the issue-focused ministry is about three hours. And um, we have a minister's guide that we follow through, so it's a very structured kind of ministry time. And they have a receiver guide that becomes their their own book um, that they read from and, and follow along with us in the ministry. So it's a very structured kind of ministry time. But there's a lot of room for the Holy Spirit. And, and the beautiful thing to me about this particular ministry is you're really connecting them with the Holy Spirit and with Father God. And the Holy Spirit is the one that really speaks to them. Yeah. We kind of have steps that lead up to parts of the ministry. But then we have times that they hear directly from the Holy Spirit. And some people are really sometimes a little bit intimidated with, gosh, I don't know if I'm going to hear from God and he is always faithful. He's always faithful. And then they're shocked when they do. Exactly. And you're like, yeah, this is how it works. Right, right. And so the the goal, if you can put it in those terms, um, when they leave that ministry time, is they have connected with, with Father God and the Holy Spirit and with Jesus in a very unique and personal way so that maybe their issue going forward isn't quite as critical as when they came in because they have a relationship now and communication with with the Lord that they maybe didn't have prior. And the other thing about it is they leave with tools. Basically, they they are able to do self-ministry because they have the book and they have some other tools that they leave with to do the same procedure, if you want to call it that, same ministry on themselves for any other issue that might come up. That's really the goal. It's not to have you come back over and over to, you know, necessarily meet with two people and what have you. You can go home and in your privacy of your own home have self-ministry. Right. Well, I, I, one thing I really appreciate about seeing how this um, unfolds is there is so much structure to it, you know, from the questionnaire to how you do this session to even... You know, there's there's two women with the woman. There's two men with the man. Right. Uh, to all of the time that you put in prepping before it, and and then after all of that, you've really kind of set this environment where the Holy Spirit shows up and does yeah. something only the Holy Spirit can do. Yeah. And so often people think that the Holy Spirit and the freedom of the Spirit is necessarily anti-structure. And it's not. If you think in the Old Testament, the tabernacle was highly ordered in right. terms of 
which group goes in first and who sets up the poles and who <laughs> outlines right. the curtains and then who sets up the furniture. And then, you know, they did all of this in such an organized way. And then they set up the altar and then the fire from heaven fell. And then they would know to move because the fire and the smoke would just, it would move. And they're like, okay, well, now we undo it in a structured way again. Right. And we just exactly. follow the spirit. Exactly. And so both of these were, it really fit together. Which, which is what I see in your background. Like to bring this all back full circle is you've got this background of, you know, deep in order in the Episcopalian right. church. I mean, you said you loved communion. All the rituals. And it's just and, the, the yeah. system and the flow. Mm-hmm. But then the Lord shows up. And, you know, then you go to the Church of God. And, you know, Church of Gods are known for... People might just break out and wave a flag or hit a tambourine or <laughs> do laps around the right, right, around right. the sanctuary while they're praying. They're right. running. And then you go to Briarwood where they're deep in the word. And then, you know, Metro Church of God here, which is known just for the presence of the Holy Spirit. Going back for decades right. since it was founded here. Right. Like it's it's always right. been known for that. Even, even when that wasn't cool in the city, they exactly. were known for it. Yeah. And... Like you see all of that in this issue focused prayer ministry, um, we got we got to wrap because I'm about to float over our time limit here. You got anything else you want to add here? Thank you so much for sharing. Well, I just appreciate you having me first of all. Um, but I would certainly encourage anybody who has any more questions to reach out to me. Um, I'm on the website. There. I'm gonna put your mail email yeah, address yeah, down yeah. below. Yeah. So. And one last thing is when when I had this issue-focused ministry myself back in 2014, um, the the final piece of it, there are two more parts that we didn't cover, the soul, spirit, hurt part of the ministry. Oh, we're going to come back and talk about those. And deliverance. But I had had some inner healing in the past, but I hadn't had the deliverance component. And I think the fact that this covers four areas is, is a very key part of the process. So. Okay, so there's more. So that's that's kind of the tip. And let me, let's let's give them kind of a heads up of what to listen for in the future. You said there's four parts. Right. So we we talked about sins, sins of the of father, fathers. ungodly beliefs mm-hmm. was number two. Three is soul spirit hurts. A lot of times people refer to it's S H H, which is uh, some people say soul spirit healing because that's what takes that's place. That's what we're wanting is the yeah, healing. Right. And then deliverance Correct. was another piece. Okay, Correct. so I know that one kind of spooks some people, but it, it shouldn't. It doesn't, Absolutely. doesn't have to. So we'll, we'll come back on another episode. Patty, thank you so much. Thank and you, we got to close it out like Rock always says. He always says, hey, look, come down and see us. You're not designed to do this alone. Come that's right. join the tribe.